0: This is the Sunday Morning Message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in Dorado Springs. See disciples weeping in the fading light As their hearts are crushed on that Friday night But the darkness wouldn't have the final say. Hallelujah, Sunday's on the way. Drunk drunk. Let them lift up praises with every breath To the King of Peace, to defeated death And the shout of victory Across the years to the captives held by their sin and fears. With their shadows falling, they will join the song. Hallelujah! All my days are gone. Let the ransom stand and with gladness tell of a God so great, He has conquered and lift up praises with every breath to the peace
1: of what God has done for us. I hope that you brought your Bibles with you and uh, you will need them this morning. Open them please to book of John chapter 11 while you were opening your Bibles there. I would just uh, I-, I hope that you noticed Mr. Jim Purtle and his tie. Did-, did you see that? You should have taken a picture. You know, in, in a day and age when preachers aren't wearing ties anymore, I'm glad that he's restoring a little bit of order, respect back to that position, even though he did have on blue jeans this morning, but um, John chapter 11, and it is so amazing to be able to worship with uh, all of you together, and uh, today we want to talk about three different resurrections, now, the first and foremost, of course, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that's the reason that we and millions of other Christians have gathered on this day, and, and what, as we've been saying all morning, what a privilege it is to celebrate that resurrection. Secondly, today we will talk about another resurrection that you can read about in the scripture that you uh, are, are open to there, John chapter 11, and that is the resurrection of Lazarus, and we will spend a good deal of our time looking at that account. But the third resurrection that I want to briefly talk about was one that I personally witnessed several years ago. And and I, I told this story so, some, some time back, but I thought it, it tied in with Easter, and so I decided to resurrect this story uh, for Resurrection Day. Now, this resurrection that I witnessed did not involve a person, but rather it, it involved an animal, a, a turkey to be exact, and, and, and I'm not referring to any of you right now, at least this time, but... Uh, but, but I was turkey hunting and had had a really great hunt and had called in a couple of nice gobblers and had harvested one and that three-inch magnum shell had done its job very well and uh, put that bird down and the, never knew what hit him. And, and so I got up and started walking over to that bird. I was feeling pretty good about my abilities that morning and, and pardon the pun, but I was strutting my stuff. Um, but the smile quickly left my face as I got up to that bird and all of a sudden that bird resurrected and came back to life again. No kidding. And uh, at that moment, if you would have been a bystander as as someone from this church was, who happened to be hunting with me and actually was videoing me at the moment. But if you would have also been lucky enough to have been there, you would have gotten your laugh in for for the day, probably for the month or the year. But because as that bird came back to life, naturally he was not amused with what had transpired. And so he began to try to get away. And and I made up my mind that that, that that bird would not get away because of a lack of effort on my part. And, um, and so that resurrected bird started half-flopping, half-running across the field, and, and, and I laid aside all of my pride and my dignity and took off after him in hot pursuit. Now, I learned a few things over the next several minutes. First of all, I learned that in the condition that the bird was, because he had taken a pretty good load of number four shot. I learned that in a straight line, even as an old gray-haired man, I was still significantly faster than that bird. But the second thing that I learned is that that bird didn't go in a straight line. (laughs) And as soon as I would get close to him, he would spin around in a circle, jump up, half-fly, and go every which way. Well, after putting on uh, on a show for quite some time for my audience of one, and after getting flogged and having my ego bruised badly and having this person, whom I thought was a friend, laugh at me, which really hurt my feelings, but anyway, I was finally able to take care of this resurrected bird and all is well that ends up well, and he eventually ended up in our frying pan. And, and I think that's the only resurrection that I've, I've ever witnessed personally. But on a more serious note, and that's, that's the end of that one there, but we're going to celebrate a much greater resurrection, and we're going to approach this lesson by looking at a statement that Jesus made when He said, "I am the resurrection and the life." How many of you have heard this statement that you find in John 11:25? Just raise your hand if, if, if you've, you, you've, you've heard that scripture. And, uh, and be honest on this question as well, how many of you know the context for that statement? You know, one what, what of the trendy statements today when it comes to verses in the Bible is, is to cherry pick. You know, we like to cherry pick a verse here and there, and most of the time we don't even know the context of the verse, but we grab that verse, we cherry pick it to support our position. And so I think the truth is that even though many of us have heard this verse, we don't know the context. So we're going to learn the context today. Jesus made this statement, not when the discussion was really centered around his resurrection, but around the resurrection of a man named Lazarus. Let's read the account. John chapter 11, verse 1, it reads like this. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha, and skip on down to verse 3. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, the one you love is very sick. Now, make sure you caught the setting. Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus. Mary and Martha, the sisters, sent the bad news back to Jesus and said, Jesus, your friend, the one that you love so dearly, Lazarus is really, really sick. Now, before we go on with this story, I I know that this Easter season there are people in this church who are celebrating a lot of great things. And, you know, within our church family last week we celebrated with Quentin and Leah who are now mommy and daddy to a new baby girl named Eleanor. And three to four weeks ago Chad and Jennifer became the proud parents of baby Jacob. And then last week uh, some of you celebrated birthdays and maybe even anniversaries. and, And some of you techie nerds that worship the God of Apple... You celebrated this past week because iPhone announced that they were bringing back their smaller four-inch phone that fits in your pocket better and makes it easier for one-hand usage. And, and so really, when we look at the events of this past week, for some, it was really an exciting week. But having said that, and this is the point I want to make, I also fully realize that there are some of you today, you're in no mood to celebrate. You know, I think of someone in the last few days in this church that was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer in their liver, colon, and lungs. I think of someone else in this church. They're here this morning. They begin cancer treatments this next week. I think of an 18-year-old friend of someone in this church that was brutally murdered last week. And then there are others where cancer and Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, divorce, death have invaded their world and have changed their lives forever. So I know on this Easter morning, yes, we're putting on a smile. But I know that some of you have come in here with a heavy heart. Well, when Jesus received this bad news about his friend Lazarus being sick, Jesus said something rather confusing. In in verse 4, Read along with me. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it's for the glory of God. I, the Son of God, will receive glory from this. In other words, Jesus said through this very thing that you would never, ever, ever, ever want to happen, I will use it to bring glory to God. Well, let's keep going through this account. And and to save time, I'm going to do a quick summary of verses 5 through 14, and you can read them later on. But after Jesus found out that Lazarus was sick, I think that most people probably thought that since Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus, and Jesus was a healer, that, that Jesus would drop everything he was doing and go immediately and just heal Lazarus like that. But what did Jesus do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, listen to verse 6. He stayed where he was for the next two days and did not go to them. For For two whole days, he heard that his, his friend was so sick. For two whole days, he hung out where he was. And while Jesus is hanging out, Lazarus' family, they're freaking out. They couldn't believe that Jesus seemed so unconcerned that his friend was so sick well finally after two days jesus said to his disciples let's go back to judea which is the area where lazarus was and and it's interesting that when jesus said this his disciples immediately jumped in and said no 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 no, jesus no the last time you were in that area the, the the people just about killed you so if you go back there you're just asking for trouble but Jesus said, no, we need to go back to Judea because my good friend Lazarus has fallen asleep and we need to go wake him up. Now, now understand he wasn't saying that Lazarus was tired and so he took a nap and they needed to wake him up. But no, that, that wasn't it. You know, today to soften death, we, we sometimes refer to it as, uh, you know, so-and-so passed away or, or they're gone or they left us. But back in Bible times, to to soften it a little bit, they referred to it as being asleep. So Jesus was really saying, Lazarus is dead. And we need to go raise him from the dead. Now for the remainder of our time today, I want to look at three different people that are involved in this story. And and there were three ways that these people were dying on the inside. And, And I have a feeling that some of you will be able to relate to what they were going through. Let's start with Thomas. He was dying because of doubts. Now, now Thomas is known throughout Scripture as doubting Thomas because Thomas had a tendency to be a little bit skeptical and to doubt some things. Um, Let's read about him in verse 16. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, an interesting name, kind of sounds like a rapper, doesn't it? Didymus. And Didymus, Didymus, by the by the way, do you know what that name means? It, it means twin, twin. And um, let me do, let me just digress a moment here. You know, we have several sets of, of twins in this church, and um, I know of at least three sets uh, just right offhand. And and here in about three months, we will have one more set. You know, those of you that come to church on a regular basis, you know, this guy up here that had that on a tie earlier, Pastor Jim and his wife and his, Cindy are expecting twins in, in three months or so. And, and uh, I, as I was studying this lesson, you know, I, I had an idea of some names for them. You know, they, they, uh, somebody had already given some suggestions, you know, Jack, Zach, and Mac. You know, their their son's name is Jack, so Zach and Mac. That that'd be pretty good. But 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 I originally originally thought they could name them Thing One and Thing Two. You know, Cat in the Hat. Uh, but then I thought of a better idea. They could name them Didymus One, Didymus Two, or shorten it to Did One or Did Two or Did Two or Did Not or you know whatever. We've 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 gone downhill there. But 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 Thomas and and Didymus or or, or Twin said to the rest of the disciples regarding jesus hey we need to go back to judea watch thomas's sarcasm he said in john eleven 16 let's go too and die with jesus in other words jesus we don't think you should go for your own safety but if you're going to be stubborn and if you're going to go anyway then we'll just go with you and we'll just all die together what do you think about that jesus huh you know obviously thomas was having some severe doubts about Jesus' wisdom. Would you be honest? I mean, this is Easter and you're in church, but how many of you would be honest enough to say that you've had some spiritual doubts at some point in your life? Anybody? Just raise your hand. Um, And and those of you that didn't raise your hands, you can just sit there and polish your halo while I talk to the real people here. But... Because I believe that everybody, at some point in their lives, you've had spiritual doubts. I know I have. You know, maybe you prayed for something and believed that God would answer, but He didn't. And you began to be bombarded with doubts. You know, why didn't Jesus help us out? Why why do you allow this accident to happen? Or perhaps your story is that you grew up in a Christian home and your parents took you to church. But you went to your science class in high school and you were told that you evolved from some primordial soup. Or you went to college and your professor said, you know, this stuff didn't really happen. And, and all of a sudden you began to have some doubts. You know, is this Christianity, Christianity thing a farce? Or perhaps something really bad happened to somebody you loved and you thought, well, if God is really a good God why did he let that happen or you've questioned why god let situations happen like that lady that stabbed and murdered her two young children this past week why would god allow that we all have had those times of questioning god and so thomas's big struggle was doubt well Maybe some of you are more like Mary. And, and, and she was dying because of discouragement. And, and look how discouraged and depressed Mary really was in verse 20. When Martha got the word uh, that, that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Mary stayed home. Did you know that one of the first things that depressed people do is withdraw from others? They don't want to be with other people. They stay home. They watch television. Sometimes they drink. Sometimes they stay on social media, whatever. And it's almost like Mary was trying to withdraw. You know, it was like she said, Jesus is coming. Why now? I mean, Lazarus is already dead. Tell him not to bother. Besides that, just kind of reading between the lines here. You know, I don't feel like facing him right now. He didn't come when we called, and I'm afraid I might say some things that I shouldn't say. Some of you here may be discouraged and depressed like Mary. Maybe it's your job. You hate your job. Maybe it's your marriage. You hate your marriage. Maybe it's your financial situation. Maybe it's your health. I'm quite sure that I'm speaking to many on this, who on this Easter morning can relate to Mary. You're discouraged. You're depressed. Let's look at Martha. Martha was dying because of, delay in Martha's mind Jesus took way too long to get there and and look at verse 17 when Jesus arrived at Bethany he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days now as I researched this it was interesting that during this time in history there was a common belief and of course this was not a biblical belief but but they believed that that a spirit would stick around for three days after someone had died and then after three days, it was like there was a waiting period. And, and then after three days, that spirit would leave for good. Well, when Jesus came, Lazarus had been dead four days. And, and that would have possibly meant that in Martha's mind, Lazarus wasn't just mostly dead. He was all the way dead. I mean, it was past the three-day waiting period. The spirit was gone. And so Lazarus was dead, dead. He was dead and then some. I mean, so dead was he that later on in the story, Martha tried to describe the smell of his body. And, and God bless the way that the King James translators translated this. But when she described him, she said, he stinketh. And, and some of you are probably like, Martha, you waited for God to answer your prayers, and he seems to be delaying. I know of some good young men and women who are serving the Lord and they've kept themselves pure and they would love to find someone to share their lives with, but no one has come along. And it's really hard watching their friends who are not serving the Lord and, and they have no problem getting hooked up with someone. And then there are some married couples and, and they've been praying for a baby, but they can't seem to conceive. But other couples, they just kind of look at each other and they get pregnant with Triplets. And then many of us are praying for a loved one to come to know Christ. And the harder we pray, the more it seems like they get farther and farther away from God. And then how many of us? I know I'm one, but how many of us are praying for God to heal a loved one? Nothing's happening. And we're dying on the inside because of delay. Well, I want to get to the good part of the lesson. and. And this is the part where Jesus does end up coming to see lazarus and and let me st- set the stage for this last part is you know as I was studying for this lesson uh this past week I, I I went to this Bible right here and and I opened it and you know let, let me just explain something ninety percent of my bible reading and bible study is on my computer or you know, my iPad. And and there's several reasons. One is I've got several Bible study programs and commentaries and, and Greek and Hebrew AIDS that, that help me in my prep. And then and then of course for my message Sunday morning I I normally have my notes on my iPad and and, and there's a reason for that because I know I don't look it, but I am in my mid fifties and my eyesight isn't as good as it used to be and And so this iPad I can have the text backlit and have it as big as I want and and, and so I can see it easier. But but for this Easter I just wanted to feel the pages of my Bible. And not that it makes it more more spiritual, because whether it's it's a Bible here or it's an electronic Bible or it's the parchments or the scrolls that uh you know that the that they found the scriptures on, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls and other places. You know, it, it doesn't matter where it is; it's it, it's God's word. But there was something about it that I just wanted to feel the pages this Easter, and 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 in this particular Bible, and, and I've got the New Living or the Life Application Study Bible, and it's the New Living Translation. But it, it's interesting that John chapter eleven begins on page seventeen seventy five. And that over the next three pages, 1775, 1776, 1777, are mostly full of bad stuff. Lazarus dies. Thomas freaks out. Mary's depressed. Martha's mad. But when I turn over to page 778, it's as if the whole tone changes. Let me read a phrase that Martha said that really stood out to me. And and, uh, in, in verse 21 here, see if I can get my bifocals just right so I can read it, but Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But then verse 22, this is so cool. But even now... I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Even now. But even now. Did you catch that? But even now. And I believe some of you need to have a but even now moment with God. You're you're stuck on those three pages documenting doom and gloom. But it's time to turn the page over to 1778 and let faith come alive and believe that even now, all things are still possible with God. Even now when you're discouraged, the presence of God can come in and lift your spirit. Even now. When you feel all alone and think no one cares, the presence of the Holy Spirit can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Even now. God can reach up and reach into your messed up family and bring healing and forgiveness and restoration. Even now, when everything looks impossible, we serve a God who says all things are possible. Even now, when you're full of doubts or discouragement or delays, the resurrection power of Christ can bring you life again. Would you say amen? Well, in verse 23, Jesus told Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last days. She was thinking of a different resurrection. and, And that right there, it's taken me about 30 minutes, but that is the context for that famous statement in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Notice he didn't say I'm able to resurrect, but he said, I am the resurrection. Whoever lives in me, whoever believes in me, Will never die. And when he asked that imp- all important question. He said, do you believe this? D- 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 there is that very important question. Do you believe this? And and this was not just a rhetorical question. Jesus wanted an answer from her. From Martha. Do you believe this? That I am the resurrection? And, and Martha said... Yes, Lord, I believe this. And I believe that Jesus asks us that same question. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and whoever believes in Him and and lives in Him will never die? Do you believe that? In fact, if you believe that, would you just break out into a wild cheer on the count of three? One, two, three... That's what I like. Yeah. Well, let me give you, uh, just quickly give you three concluding thoughts from this statement that Jesus made. I am the resurrection and the life. First of all, the resurrection is not just what Jesus does. It's who he is. Secondly, the resurrection is not just an event, but it's a person. And thirdly, dead things don't stay dead when the resurrection walks into the room. And so because of that, Jesus looked at the tomb where Lazarus stinketh. And he said to the disciples, take the stone away. And when they did, in verse 43, Jesus called out in a loud voice. And why in a loud voice? Well, it wasn't so Lazarus could hear him. It was probably because there was a pretty big-sized crowd there, and this was for the benefit of the onlookers. But he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And, of course, preachers of years past, uh, they've made the point, you know, why did he say Lazarus? Well, if he wouldn't wouldn't have said Lazarus, then probably every dead person would have resurrected at that time. And so Lazarus came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen, cloth around his face and jesus said to him take off the grave clothes and let him go and on this easter i want you to remember that the same voice that called lazarus to come out of the tomb is telling you to turn to page 1778 (laughs) that doesn't mean that everything will always happen the way you want it doesn't mean that you won't have bad days it doesn't mean that cancer will never strike or that loved ones won't die but God will work in all things to bring about good to those who love him who are called according to his purpose. This means that you can be set free, not because you're strong, but because he's strong. This means that you can feel his presence, not because you deserve it, but because he wants to be close to you. This means that your sins can be forgiven, not because you're good, but because he's good. The tomb is empty. He is risen. And the resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, changes everything. Well, let's wrap it up this morning. We're going to hear one more song. And during this song, you will witness some testimonies from people in this church. These are testimonies of God's redeeming grace. These are people who have gone through tough times. But yet you will see how the resurrection changed everything in their lives.
2: Stop fighting Hey fight is all
1: I don't know about you, but I'm not who I used to be. Thank God. I've got a little ways to go yet. (laughs) But my past is forgiven. It's redeemed. And thank God that many of you are there too. You know what it is to live in sin and misery, but you know what it is when Jesus comes in and forgives us and makes us new creatures in Christ Jesus. I want to just have you stand. and Maybe there's someone here that some of those testimonies spoke to you. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done. And I think a lot of times we think, well, I'm just too bad. and You know, you don't know really the, the real me and it's ugly. And I, I, I may not know, but I can almost tell you that uh, I wouldn't be surprised at anything anymore. But... God knows and he doesn't care because his grace goes deeper than the deepest sin, than the stain of sin. Maybe there's someone here this morning that you would just like to experience that redemption. You know your past. Don't worry about your past, worry about your future. (laughs) Just heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Is there somebody here that would say... Pastor, I know where I'm. I know I'm not where I should be in my walk with God. Would you just pray for me this morning? Is there somebody that just lift a hand, just pray for me? Don't come. Thank you. I see your hand, your hand, and your hand, your hand. Somebody else, just pray for me, Pastor. You know we're not going to take a lot of time here, but maybe there's someone that would like to come forward and just spend some time praying, and you want to experience the resurrection the spiritual resurrection in your own heart and life there's someone that you would like to come right now you you come we don't make you say anything you just talk to god and we'll have some people gather around you so you won't be up here alone anyone before we uh before we go to sunday school is there anybody that would like to just spend some time praying Father, I want to just thank you for these wonderful testimonies of grace, redemption. Lord, I thank you for these people that some of them were in the depths of sin, that we would have possibly said there is no way to come out of those sins, but yet through Jesus Christ all things are possible. And Lord, I pray that. I pray that today, those people that raise their hands here, that they would understand that they can be freed. Whatever it is, Lord, whatever they've done, whatever they're doing. Father, I pray that you would help them to experience forgiveness right now as I'm praying. I, I ask that they would be praying right now. Standing there at their seat, that they would be praying, receiving forgiveness and and giving their heart to Jesus. Father, I just I just want to ask that you would help us to be vessels worthy of being called sons and daughters of God. Lord, we know that we're rough. Some of us are really rough. We know that some of us have cracks. And Lord, we know that some of us just, uh, the the paint is still wet. (laughs) We're not a finished product. And Lord, once in a while we fall and we show the ugly side of us. But Father... You're still doing a work. You're still perfecting us. And God, I pray that you would just continue that work. Lord, I pray that as we go from here, that we would make a difference. I know it's easy for us to just go back to our regular routine. and Father, I pray that we would go back and be different and that we would be uh, people who would make a difference in other people's lives. That we would not just live it selfishly, but we would be there to... To help others. And so God, I just thank you for for the privilege of being able to be called a child of God. We love you. And we pray this in your name. Heads bowed, eyes closed again. Is there somebody here that would just lift a hand and say, Joe, I prayed this morning and I asked God to forgive me. And is there anybody that would just like to... uh, We're not going to make a big deal out of it. Say, I with God's help I'm going to live for Him maybe maybe you just want to make a statement with God's help I am going to follow Jesus Christ with all of my heart I think we ought to just have a couple hundred hands that would go up right now and say with God's help I will praise God amen and amen thank you Father we bless your name and all of God's people said And once again, they gave a wild cheer for the resurrected Savior. You're dismissed. Thank you for coming. We'll see you this evening.
0: You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.